A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Yes, sir. One podcast in the world that answers the only question that truly matters is, how you going to start the finals? Can we get in? How can you hate from outside the finals where you can't even get in? And that's exactly where we're going to go. But you got to give me a moment because there's a lot of things going around in the NBA. Yes. It's not just about anybody, nobody making it to the finals anymore. It's, it's, it's John Morant doing some things that, hey, some people may find questionable. There's a lot of coaches being fired. Top 10 coaches. Coaches who won Coach of the Year, which makes that war seem null and void now because you're like, mm-hmm. if he's a Coach of the Year, why would you fire him? Yeah. We all have some strong takes on that. What else yes. is happening in the NBA right now? Oh, the bubble was not a fluke. Maybe we can take that asterisk away if, he was, if anybody was putting it there. Mm-hmm. Because two, t- four teams that were in the bubble that went to the finals are in the finals again. Yeah. <laughs> of their respective conference. Yeah. So... And the big story, in my opinion, right, is the Lakers. Yeah. And the only reason I say that the Lakers is the biggest story right now is because me, I think Jason, we were one of those people who in the beginning of the season wrote this team completely off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're done. They're done. LeBron LeBron is he's getting old. He can't lead a team. AD mm-hmm. can't stay healthy. And look at where they are now. Yeah. People were saying this team is it's over. They were saying it's over for this team. They said they're yeah. like ten games away from being completely out of playoff contention. Yeah. Agreed. Everything on social media was saying, hey, listen, you know, the Lakers have been eliminated from playoff contention. The Lakers have been eliminated from playoff contention. Different memes and stuff like that. I'm seeing it all yeah. the time on Twitter. I'm like, dag, like, is this where we're going? And then a trade happens magically. A magical yep. trade. And now we're in the Western Conference Finals. Yep. And yeah. it's, it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane to think about. So, yeah. I know Jason had a couple things he wanted to say. <laughs> so, go ahead, man. What's on your Are mind? Are we talking about Jaw first? Is this what, let's what's go, happening? Let's, let's talk about Jaw first. Let's talk okay. about Jaw first. Okay. You know, I know that your opinion might be a little different than mine, but to me personally, Jaw Morant, you know, he basically, if you don't know what happened, he got suspended for eight games for um, showing a gun. I think it was in the strip club. And uh, now, he just now, a few days ago, came out that uh, on IG Live, he flashed a gun as well. So right now, there's a lot of talk about him getting suspended and the length of the discussion. And I have a very strong take on this. And... I think he should get suspended for either half the season or full season, but probably just half the season. 
Um, I know that's an extreme suspension, but you have to understand that the NBA is a organization. It's a company, and their image is important to them making money. You have to understand in the 70s, the reason why the NBA almost went bankrupt, the reason why we almost would have never been basketball fans was because they couldn't sell tickets. Part of the issue, and the, one of the bigger issues, was the fact with the drugs. They had a very big correlation and image of being that organization that has a lot of players on drugs. So they had an issue with them being able to get on TV. That's how the NBA makes money. They make money from TV. They make money from games. They make money from off the court, ESPN, all the deals, all the promoting. That's why after games, you get they get questions, and they get questioned because it, those reporters and those people have gain avenue advertisement and revenue for them. That's why they do those type of things, right? That's how they make money. And their image is important to that. And what saved them was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. And the 80s saved them, and they changed their image, right? So I don't want anybody to come out here and say that, oh, this jaw thing is just like, oh, he's just breaking the law. He's not breaking the law. He's not doing anything wrong. The NBA shouldn't really have to worry about anything. No, the NBA has an image to maintain. The NBA's image cannot be, and that's what this is. It's a morality thing. And this guy, it's not just been once. This guy has had six incidents. Six. Okay. Two of them were the gun flashings. One of them was when his mom went to a finish line, a sh shoe store, didn't like the customer service she was getting, called John Morant. John Morant and his eight friends came to the mall, and they basically threatened this guy, that was the worker, so much that he had to go hide in the office because he felt so threatened by them. Mm. Okay. He also had the incident with the laser, which, I mean, if you put yourself in that situation... And there is, you're in the, there was an Indiana Pacers arena, right? And there's a worker there. And the worker sees that there's a laser on his body. And he can't see somebody around him, but they see somebody in a car with tinted windows. You would be scared too, right? Now, there wasn't any mm -hmm. proof that they had a gun, but it's implied when you have a laser on you, you would be scared thinking that there's a gun's about to shoot you too. That's that's mm -hmm. a terrible image, right? Like, yeah. and there's another one where he, his mom, her mom was uh, like at some basketball game, and he, him, and his friends went again, and they basically he basically got the phone of that person and threw it on the ground, and then there was a police report filed about that, and then on top of everything else, there's another issue where he was playing with a 17 year old high schooler at a park. And they got into uh, an argument, something along those lines. And John Morant comes back and beats the kid up and has like a gun. And that's going through the police process, police process right now. That's not like fully solved yet. But like this guy has had so many quantity of issues, right? And this guy got a light eight game suspension after the first one. 
And this is the second one within a month of the last one. I'm sure he was telling Adam Silver, I'll never do it again. This is not me. This is not who I am. Right? They gave leniency because when somebody does something for the first time, it's viewed as a warning. Maybe he doesn't know how much this is NBA is an image issue. Maybe he doesn't know that he has he has a representation of the way he has to be perceived so that he because he's a role model, right? Like people look up the NBA players and teams have mm-hmm. to sell jerseys, teams have to sell tickets, teams have to be able to market themselves. And it's not just the Memphis Grizzlies, other teams have to be able to market their own teams. Right, and when players are associated with showing guns on IG Live, that lessens their ability to make money. Okay, this is a money issue. This is a business. This is an image issue. And I think when you do it for a second time within such a short time frame, it's obvious it has to be a very strong suspension. I think John Morant, when he so when somebody shows you through six times. Of trying to you put violence on other people, trying to scare other people, try of doing things that doesn't fit the NBA image. You have to be strong with him to let that dumb dumb know that what he's doing is not right because obviously it didn't get through the first time, and they were light with him, and it honestly felt like they were being light with him so that he could come back for the playoffs, right? Because they had the eight game suspension, then the playoffs started. Because it felt like it was a money grab to a certain extent. And this is this is terrible. This is terrible. This this guy is losing himself a ton of money. I mean, John Morant needs help. He needs new you know, a new needs to completely rethink who he is as a human being. This is not the type of imaging that the NBA wants, right? And if if imaging didn't matter then why a year or two ago, when Miles Leonard came out and said something anti-Semitic on like a YouTube live, and he gets basically, he hasn't been in the league since, right? He got suspended for a whole year for saying something like that on YouTube live. Is saying something anti-Semitic worse than showing a gun twice on, on YouTube on live? Showing that twice? Like... That guy was gone for a whole year. Like, if John Morant was a Miles Leonard-level player, he'd be suspended for a year, okay? It would be no question about it. So, and what Miles Leonard did wasn't breaking the law. It was definitely a bad thing. I think everybody can agree that it was a bad thing, right? But he got suspended for a year because it was an image issue, right? We can't have that associated with the NBA image. What John Morant is doing cannot be associated with NBA image. So I'd be going at least half the season. I'd be thinking about full season. No pay. No money. He's getting nothing. And he needs to learn the lesson or he's out. That's my take, Chris. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I feel like the gravity of the situation may not have been completely understood. Um, You know, especially with the imaging. You made some good points there. My whole thing is that... firearms aren't illegal right and like for it to be such a problem like i get the imaging thing but i feel that if it's some it's you know like for him to have it neither here nor there you know what i mean how many other players have guns or might be trying might have guns to protect themselves they live in these multi-million dollar homes 
You know what I mean? Like they might even you know they might even have a CCW could still carry somewhere. Yeah. So who knows? Agreed. But yeah. I think that what your point the point that you're making is that who knows, right? Is that Jaw has been completely in the front page of everything, mm-hmm. face plastered. <laughs> yes. But everybody else is like, who knows? Which so I can agree with that to the extent, but at the on the other side of things, I'm still like in the in the realm of that. If he's in a if he if like I agree with some of the people who I you know some of the takes I've seen online, whereas like if he's in a car that he owns with a weapon that he owns that he has legally, then there shouldn't be a problem. And it seemed like, I mean, like what he I think he flashed it in the strip club or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, the big problem that I have here with everything outside of the fact that I don't think that he should be at, he shouldn't be as at fault for like, you know, having the weapon more so is that it's been the number of times I can understand the number of times, but for you to look the other way on one on, on multiple and then punish the gun only. And it could be legal more than likely is legal. That doesn't really sit right with me. Cause it's like, he fought, he, he may have gotten into a scuffle with the 17 year old. That should have been something worth suspending worthy. Um, you know what I mean? If the the laser should have missed something, that even though it may not have been known, you can't you can't verify if it's a gun in there or not. But the yeah. laser scared somebody so much that should have been suspension worthy. Um, you know, if image wise, if we're looking at image, if you know if that's truly how they're seeing things, image wise, there should have been some type of repercussions for the phone. You know what I mean? The beating up of the if they he beat if he beat up a seventeen year old or not. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The laser and many other things, not just the two gun situations. Was like okay, that's where we crossed the line. Yeah, like I don't quite agree with that. That's kind of where like I differ, right? Like I, I completely see all your points, but like if it's an imaging thing, you should have been starting to punish those things as you see them happening. But you're absolutely right. If he was a Miles Leonard caliber player, or I don't know. Um, Andre Roberson caliber player, he would have been out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Quickly. So it does seem like more of a money grab for the NBA, considering that they overlooked so much until the point where they just was like, we overlooked all of this, but we're going to punish this only. Yeah. And I just, like, I can't quite wrap my head around that. Yeah. Because for me, if you have an ongoing case and it's, and it's publicized and plastered, that's a reason for me to suspend you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you're... Go ahead. Yeah. I uh, I agree with you on a lot of things. And I feel like uh, a good point that you made that leads to another point is that because of the fact that it ev- I feel like everybody felt like everything leading up to the first exp- suspension was so lenient. You know what I mean? I feel like that was the common opinion that he wasn't getting punished for the previous things he did. You know what I mean? So I feel like even though this next one, it may just be flashing the gun. And if it was just flashing the gun without any prior incidents, maybe it'd be like a four to six game suspension because it was really quick. Um, I feel like when you have a gun in a public place at a strip club like that, that's more like a fear of shooting somebody else and like being putting a bunch of people in a room in fear type of thing you know what i mean it's a different when you're in a car with your friends and it's it's different context um but i feel like since everything is been viewed as like nba has been so soft that i think 
this next suspension, they're gonna have to really make an example out of him. I think that's the pre- I think the pressure from the other teams is gonna be like, if we don't make an example out of Jaw, then when we try to sell tickets, when we try to sell jerseys, when we try to sell to our TV, that type of type of stuff, we need to make sure that our messaging gets across that that is not acceptable. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it, this yeah. is blown up so much. Everybody in the world's talking about this. This is so much bad yeah. press for the NBA. And I think even though the punishment may not fit the individual crime, the punishment will fit it, fit the image stopping in the this he's gonna get I feel like it's gonna be an example is gonna get made out of jaw here. That's what I think yeah. is gonna happen. I, I can see that too. I can see that happening as well because like I said, like the other things I felt like he should have been mm-hmm. you know, there should have been some kind of reprimand yeah. or something like that. Not just like the Agreed. the gun thing. Yeah. Um and then in the sense that the gun in the strip club, okay, so let's go back a little bit. The first incident incident with the firearm, it doesn't really I mean, I kind of didn't quite agree with that one either because it seemed like the guy was like, I mean, the guy who reported it because it wasn't all over the place Mm -hmm. at first. You know, it was the strip club owner who like reported or whatever. It was because he was like, he said like, yeah, he was a nice guy. He paid for everything, was very respectful and kind. But then why would you put him put him on blast like that? Like, it just seems like. I think I think the last time was an honest mistake. You know what I mean? Like far as the friend, because the friend was recording. I saw the video. The friend was recording, and then it flashed. But it's like it's so quick. Like you have to like literally stop and slowly go through it mm-hmm. in order to even see it. And I only seen it in like, and I didn't even see it when I paused it. Yeah. I paused it, and I was like, I didn't even see it there at all. But like then then the next time I scroll up, is like it's plastered and it's blown up, and I'm like, okay, it was there, but. How do you pick that out? Like, is there like what you're in? I mean, like, I didn't see it at first. I watched the video. I have a phone, iPhone, just like everybody else. Yeah. Majority of the world does. You know what I mean? It's, it's clear. I, I watched the same video everybody else did. I didn't see a firearm the first. I mean, when I when I watched the video, until the picture popped. Yeah. Up. You see the video too? Like, did you see one? Like, I saw. Really I just saw the it. picture. I saw. I saw the picture. Yeah, and I saw it like yeah. go through it really quickly, and it was like really hard to tell. But like exactly. again, like it's. John Morant's choice to hit like you have to intentionally start recording yourself for an IG live like it's not like he did it on accident you know what I mean like he was intentional Mm -hmm. with showing it uh so yeah yeah it's crazy man it's it's we I don't think since we've had this podcast we've had something like this happen where it's just like such a huge thing you know what I mean yeah yeah I will say it's been very big news, like newsworthy mm-hmm. points or like points and ideas like in the NBA recently. Yeah. And I think that leaving, you know, you know, what may be going on with John Morant to, to another subject and a subject that I feel very strongly about. And I would assume that Jason feels very strongly about, too, is the firing of coaches right now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is wild. This is the wild, wild west. Go off, Chris. (laughs) Can I start? Okay, so listen. (laughs) I have such a problem (laughs) with the fact that these top 10 coaches, coach of the year coaches are being fired (laughs) for absolutely no reason. One, I'm here to defend Monty Williams. I will stand atop a mountaintop and scream to defend Monty Williams because that, that was... The worst. Why? <laughs> Phoenix, listen to me for one second. 
you gave him KD for eight games and said, <laughs> show me what you got. You gave him KD for eight yes. freaking games. Yes. And was like, Go win a championship. Like, I don't even know the guy. I don't even know his middle name yet. <laughs> and he made it work so well. He did. He made it work. He, he did a fucking great job in that short time frame, bro. It was amazing. As far as they got, you know what I mean, with what they got in, how they were winning. Yes. And, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they still were considered a favorite. You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't understand, like, how do you come to this decision like hey listen mm-hmm. we're going to part ways with you for what <laughs> i would have at least like i feel like we've turned into such a microwave society like a 10 seconds or less society that mm-hmm. if you don't make immediate like waves then you're out yeah. like i would have me personally as an owner i gave monty williams several chances with the book eight and cp3 combo right yes I'm like, okay, look, we just got KD. We got close. Yes. Give me one more year. One more year. Yes. One more year at least. I'll, a full year. Let me see what you can do with a full year before I make my decision. Instead, they said, nope, we're going to put somebody else there after the seed was already planted to put that team together. Yes. You you traded for KD, planted the seed, had Monty start give, showing him the offense, the defense, and the schemes. For you to replace him and put somebody else in his position. Yeah. That's a slap in the face. Yes. That's a definite slap in the face. Yes. Yeah. Now, my other problem, before I let Jason go off, <laughs> my other problem is the recycling of coaches. <laughs> uh-huh. Why do we hire fired coaches? <laughs> Like, I get that these like, it's a top 10 level coach, like a Nick Nurse. You know, the Monty Williams, mm-hmm. they become available. You know, Coach Bud becomes available. Oh, wait, before I go there, that's another one I don't agree with. Bud, yeah. No. That man's uh. brother passed away while he was in that series with the Miami Heat. Yeah. His mind could have been anywhere. You yeah. Isaiah Thomas, that man. Yeah. Wild. For what? <laughs> That's wild, right? Yeah, it is. There's no loyalty to players or coaches. First, I thought it was just no loyalty to players, but there's no loyalty to coaches. Yeah. For a a loved one, somebody I may hold dear to my Mm -hmm. heart to pass away, and then you just immediately, okay, look, you lost that series. You were supposed to win the championship for us. You're out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. We were close. I I did all this work during the regular season, and 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 you kick me when I'm down? It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. That's terrible. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So the Monty Williams thing, I definitely feel like you gave me the alley oop on that one because I'm totally there with you. Uh Monty Williams is top five coach in the league. You don't fire coaches like that. Um on top of that, a similar situation to Boomholzer and a little connection there is game one, I came out here and criticized uh Monty. Heavily for not having CP3 with the ball in his hands enough. Game two, they come out. You know what they do? CP3 has the ball in his hands more. He's initiating more. Then you know what happens? Like the the game's close, and then you know what happens? Oh, CP3 gets hurt. Okay, so this team expects without CP3, with Devin Booker and KD to win that f- series is ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous because. 
It's the overvaluation of players because KD is such a high turnover guy, right? And mm-hmm. D-Book's a better passer than KD, but he even him having the issue initiating of the offense is going to lead to a lot of turnovers. And with KD and D-Book together, it just leads to a lot of turnovers and a lot of reliance on those individual players because you don't have Chris Paul on the floor, people. Okay, how can you be expected to win without the conductor, without the person to mentally battle Jokic on the floor? Right, and it's a similar thing with Budenholzer. Why in the world would you fire a coach that lost the end, the best player in the league, basically ten minutes into game one with a back injury, and he was obviously playing through it. Didn't look the same athletically, even though he still played great. Like that was ridiculous. He didn't get out coached by Eric Spolstra. Eric Spol, well, I mean, he did get out coached, but it wasn't that bad, right? Like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't the thing that lost him the series. It was not having Giannis at his 100%. was like, oh my goodness. If Boonholzer would have made adjustments, they would have won. No, they, there was no adjustments to make. They had nothing. They had nothing to do. So, you know, Mike and uh, I'm Suns head coach. Uh, I'm blinking. What's his name? Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Right, like. People really, that's a common thing that happens to NBA fans and NBA people a lot is when people do great in the regular season, they expect a, the a equal postseason, uh, equal postseason success. But that's not yeah. the way it works because a lot of the times great coaches can get their team to play at 100% effort each night, can get them to play the, the best abilities to make their team a better regular season team, right? But when you get into playoffs, talent matters more, right? Mm-hmm. And the edge of coaching and the ability to get the team to play every night and lean into their strengths completely throughout the whole regular season. And this is our formula to win, and I'm just a great coach, right? That's what Monty did to get them to the one seed. That uh, I think it was either last year or the year before that when Chris Ball was averaging less than 10 a game at the point guard position, right? And and it was Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, and a lot of people are going to hate on him for losing to Dallas Mavericks, right? But the talent wasn't as great as you thought it was because the record didn't actually meet match the talent. The coach was making them play greater than what they really were. Another example of this is Quinn Snyder with the Utah Jazz, right? He made Rudy Gobert look so great that he won DPOI all those times, and he got those three-point shooters that maybe with Donovan Mitchell and got that formula of working just right and made them so much better that it made people think, okay, now we have the expectations of a one, two seed in the West, but they're not actually have the talent of a one, two seed in the West. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these coaches are like their own worst enemy because they make their team look better than what they really are. At least to ex- expectations that the talent can never match. And yeah. that's why a lot of these great head coaches are getting fired. It's because of misinterpretation of what actually is leading to winning basketball within your organization. Um, another thing that leads to the Suns firing of Monty Williams is a new owner, right? Like, um, I have personal life experience of this. My uh, stepfather was a high-ranking person within um, a company. They changed owners, and they, like, fired him immediately. They, like, completely restructured the company because it's, like, a new... When an owner comes in somewhere, he's going to completely restructure things to build it to the way he thinks is going to equal success, right? So, yeah. uh, because of that, I think that's also what led to Monty getting canned. 
Um, you know, I don't think that they're going to hire anybody that's going to be better him. Obviously, you know, some Tyron Lue names are getting thrown around there, which is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you know what I go down That's absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. They right. recycle coaches too much. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, Budenholzer shouldn't have gotten fired either. Um, you know, I had him 9, 10, 11, 12, best coach in the NBA. I feel like he grew each year defensively they weren't drop coverage so much and offensively they learned how to play against the wall a lot wet a lot better throughout the, the, these years and it's allowed Giannis to become his best version of himself so you know mm-hmm. them firing him makes no sense um but you know they got lucky with Monty being available so it sounds like Monty is probably going to end up with the Bucks. And, you know, Nick Nurse got fired as well. Uh, I just definitely disagreed with that. I feel like he's a great coach. Again, he he makes that team better than what it really is, the talent on the floor. He's one of those yeah. guys. And, you know, I agree, though, with the Sixers firing Doc Rivers. I feel like that was the right choice. Doc Rivers has a long list of history of when he has talent on the team, not meeting those expectations. You know what I mean? And especially with the Clippers team um, throughout those years and this Philadelphia 76ers team, I feel like he's always been overrated. I've always viewed him as like a 15 to 16 to 17 best coach in the NBA. Uh, A lot of people Mm -hmm. put him in the top five, top 10. And I definitely feel like when... If you're the 76ers, Monty Williams is available. Nick Nurse is available. You know... Uh, Mike Budenholzer is available. All those guys are better coaches than Doc. So I would have fired him too uh, because I would have put my hat in the ring. I tried to get one of those guys. Um, it's a pretty good coaching. Um, this, this is pretty much an amazing coaching like group where there's so many great coaches. Even Kenny Atkins who led that uh, D'Angelo Russell Brooklyn Nets team to the playoffs when they were really good. And then he got fired when they brought in Steve Nash and they brought in Kyrie and KD. And we all know how downhill that went. And, uh, right. you know, he's he's an assistant in Golden State. And a lot of assistants have been doing great lately. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of assistants getting hired. I mean, the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz head coach did a hell of a job this year. He was a San Antonio Spurs assistant. Mike Brown was an assistant for the Golden State Warriors for a long time. Uh, now he's the head coach of the Kings. Um What's that? Cleveland Cavaliers coach J.D. Bickerstaff was an assistant for a very long time. I mean, he's yeah. completely turned around the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially defensively. Uh, Ime Odoko is a recent uh, assistant coach success story. So a lot of these assistant coaches that are we don't really know the names of, we are probably going to be good fits as well. There's a lot. It seems like a lot of good coaching candidates race recently. Um, so yeah, I feel like. It's interesting. I definitely feel like the teams that fired Nurse and Budenholzer and Monty made mistakes. Other than the person who whoever hires Monty, then it's probably not going to be viewed as a mistake. But right. yeah, it's it's crazy. There's it's it's bedlam in the streets right now for NBA coaching positions. And also, congratulations to the Len Hawks because mm-hmm. they locked down. Uh, what's that head coach's name? Utah Jazz, huh? Quinn Snyder. Snyder. They locked him down. And if Quinn Snyder was available right now, dude, you you can't tell me he wouldn't be lining up either the Suns, the Bucks, the 76ers. He would get one of those jobs. You know what I mean? And the Atlanta Hawks locked him down. That's pretty amazing. That's like the steal of the century there. 
because uh, this job market's been crazy, and a guy like that would have been hired by a lot of great places. So, yeah, it's gonna be so much fun seeing where these guys land. Uh, but I definitely agree with you, Chris, in the point of firing these guys' bad choices. Definitely a bad choice. Definitely a bad choice. Definitely a bad choice. Yeah. So, <clears throat> is, is there any other news? I think. Nope. I think it's uh, playoff time now, Chris. Playoff time. Talk right. about the playoffs. I think the best place to start here okay. is with a quote. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Chris right, is prepared so today. Joel Embiid, oh. after being eliminated, oh, okay. said, Me and James, we can't win alone. That's why basketball has played 5 on 5. Okay. We need everybody to find ways to be better. Okay. Thoughts? Um, I think he's wrong. <laughs> okay. Because Here. Joel Embiid Game 7 had a pretty terrible game. And... James Harden, other than those few big games, kind of had a slow series. Tyrese Maxey didn't really have a great series, right? Like, Joel Embiid Game 7 didn't really show up, right? Like, mm -hmm. when you're the NBA superstar and you have a bad Game 7 like that, you should be looking in the mirror, okay? Like, that's that's not the thing that you should be saying there. Um, and I don't think this team's terribly built. I mean, P.J. Tucker fits really well. They really need that wing defender. Tyrese Maxey's grown in recent years. Um, I do agree with the bench using a little more fluff, but it's tough for them to navigate when they got Tobias Harris on contract for $30 million, and Trace Max is getting $30 million, and James Harden is getting his money, and Joel Embiid's getting his money, right? So... Those four guys getting paid so much fucking money between the four of yeah. them. That's hard for them to build around them. And I feel like Joel Embiid was wrong for that statement. And, uh, you know, Jason Tatum went out there and just put on the performance of the year. Dear good. Not the, the year, but that was really special. 50 ball. 50. I was watching that game. It felt like he had 40 after quarter three, and they were just blowing him up by, like, 30. It was crazy. I expected that game to be so much closer. You know, James Harden had his moments, but we probably will never see that version of James Harden ever again. He didn't really do it consistently. Um, and, yeah, the Boston Celtics, man, they proved that they're the best team right now, and I think that can, can, can continue rolling. So that's what I think about that series. Chris, what do you think of Oh, man. <clears throat> I think that you're absolutely right. James Harden did have his moments. You know what I mean? The Celtics, you know, they didn't look so great mm -hmm. at certain points, but yeah. then they really pulled it off at the end, and that's really what matters is who wins yeah. at the end of the day. True. Um, But the Joel Embiid statement, I, I can't quite get behind it, right? Nah. And I think that's where, you know, I, I totally agree with you is that you, when you have players like James Harden, you know what I mean, and you you know you think what you're gonna you expect what you're gonna get is like a good player. You're gonna you expect to get that James Harden that showed up in yeah. games, right? And then you have an MVP caliber player as in Joel Embiid, because mm -hmm. he just won the MVP. You expect him to step up big, yeah, especially in those big moments. Like yeah. that's what an MVP is. It means your most valuable player to your team. Yeah. That means you can't shrink in those big moments. He did. He had a bad game seven, and he shrank. He. Sh he shrank. It was a bad game seven. Yeah. It absolutely was. But he shrank in the moment that mattered the most. Like, it doesn't matter if you were playing great. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, all six games, right? But when it mattered the most and we wanted to count on you, we couldn't. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of like, you can't put the blame on everybody else. Mm -hmm. You can't go, well, me and James are great, yeah. right? But y'all need work. Yeah. It's like, listen, check it. Check with the man in the mirror for a second. Yeah. Because y'all had some moments. Yeah. 
but when it mattered most, you both disappeared. True. When the world needed him most, he vanished. Yeah. He was like the Avatar. And it's just... I don't know. <laughs> I love that show, but we can't, we keep it moving. I, I don't want to talk about it. I really, okay, yeah. let's keep it moving. <laughs> I got that reference, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, such a classic. Okay, keep it moving. All right, okay. Gotta change the subject. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> it's just... It's just that I, I can't I can't get behind a player who's mm-hmm. supposed to be the most valuable player who's yeah. who really shifted the blame from himself. Yeah, I agreed. Can't, I can't get with that. I can't get with that. Agreed. I can't get with that. So that's my take. Yeah, yeah. And B's gonna have to look in the mirror, and you know, he he, sh- he should be like, okay, I got to do better in game seven and come back next year better. And James Harden's got to look in the mirror too of the inconsistency of you know. Dropping forty balls and then dropping seventeen and thirteen—it's just way too much up and down. And you know, it's not like James Harden has to look in the mirror, but I do think the Philadelphia 76ers have to look in the mirror of like, I think James Harden's a free agent this year, right? Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, like I don't—I don't think I'd pay him. I don't think I'd bring him back because he's a depreciating asset. Um, There's a real issue with. Complete teams win championships, and when you have James Harden next to Tyrese Maxey, neither one of them defends. And, you know, Tyrese Maxey's the younger guy. James Harden was getting such a big contract. I, I don't think I would resign him because he is just, he's not a good fit with Embiid because James Harden takes like five to six to seven seconds when he has the ball in his hands to score because he has to, like, get do his dribbles and read the defender, you know what I mean, and get the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And Embiid needs five to seven seconds and to get into his, like, okay, I'm going to read the player. I need to score. Oh, well, first, when he catches the ball, he has to see when the double team's coming from, right? So yeah, I think because of that, they don't fit together on the floor. Like, I feel like we've all known that. Well, I'll see that. So if I'm Philly, I'm not bringing him back because I'm not going to, you know... He just doesn't fit on the team, talent-wise, in the way that you could build a team. So I would, I would not bring James Harden back. No, absolutely not. And speaking of not bringing him back, is that there was some rumor mill, right? We're going to get into a little rumor mill, and then we'll jump to the next team. The rumor mill stating now is that James Harden is very seriously considering a return to Houston. Not only that, he's been looking at phoenix as well i'm gonna stop here and just say this i do not want to see another super team next year (laughs) him and houston him and phoenix would make sense because cp3 i don't know i don't know if next year cp3 is still going to be able to be a starting point guard right like he is definitely not moving the same athletically He's slow. Dude's old. Dude's small. Always been small. Right? Like, CP3 is definitely yeah. looking like the hill might come next year. So, if James Harden wants to go to Phoenix, I I feel like that'd be a good fit for him because of his passing. I see the fit, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be a super not- team because James Harden's not the same. He- he's the only name right now. Yeah, but still. At like KD, Book, Harden, I just CP3. They probably gonna get rid of Aiden. I think he's not signing again, or they gonna try to trade him off. Probably, I feel that coming. 
I feel there's going to be a package deal. It's going to be a CP3 Aiden deal, and they're going to move him off. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's coming, but I just do not want to see another super team next year. And going to Houston doesn't make sense to me no. because they have such a young core. No. And what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to give away all those young pieces and put Ime, who just came off a scandal, into a rebuilding system. <laughs> Where you're going to end up firing him because he's not showing what you want to see right away. No, yeah, that 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 That's makes not, no sense. That doesn't make sense. That makes no sense, right? Bro, Jalen Green's a better player right now than James Harden. Why would you want to bring in James Harden, who's a two guard there? I mean, it makes absolutely zero sense. Jalen Green averaged like 23 a game last year in his second year of the season. Uh, that that dude's on his way. You know what I mean? He's on his way up. Yeah. All right, you ready to the shift gears here to the uh, Miami Heat versus Boston Celtics? Oh yeah, or should we fin? Oh, Miami Heat sauce to Celtics. Okay, or we could switch to West and then finish that okay. Lakers Golden State game. Right, that was okay. the semifinals too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we t- we basically talked. We didn't talk Phoenix Nuggets either. No, we haven't talked them yet either. So yeah, if you want to talk about them first, yeah. Okay, we can start with the the Lakers. You know, okay. I definitely feel like the Lakers have grown into. I feel like we've seen them involve these playoffs, mm-hmm. and these role players are stepping up huge. The Lonnie Walkers, the Austin Reeves, the D'Lo's, the Rui Hachimura's, and they're elevating this team to a very very high level. Um, we're definitely seeing a very unique version of LeBron, where he's not ball handling as much, and he's kind of being a better defender than people would have expected in these playoffs mm-hmm. because he's putting more energy into it because he's letting Austin Reeves score. He's letting D'Lo score. And it's like an unexpected thing, but I feel like it's, you know, it's Legault doing Legault things, you know what I mean? He's just adjusts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Golden State, you know, I've been, I've been preaching to the choir all year that they made mistakes all year. This is a result of that. They have nobody else to blame but themselves. Uh, Steve Kerr needs to take a hard look in the mirror about the inability to change the way his offensive system works to the talent on the team. He wasn't able to get James Wiseman involved and develop him when James Wiseman's a post scorer. James Wiseman's a mid range, uh, <coughs> mid post guy where he can hit a mid-range shot over your head or put the ball on the ground and get to the rim and finish. Like, he, he has things that just don't fit the Golden State Warriors system. Kevin Looney doesn't do that. Andrew Bogan never did that, right? And Jonathan Kuminga, even though he has the size of a small forward, he is a world-class attacker of the basket. I mean, whenever he attacks the basket, it's a fucking highlight reel, and it looks amazing. And I know because I do a lot of scouting coming out of college, and you guys could definitely check that out whenever that comes around. He has mid-range ISO game. He had that showed that a lot in the G League, right? So, and he's a world-class defender, but he doesn't shoot a three-point shot, and he doesn't pass. So the Warriors don't use him within the system, even though he's probably the six, the sixth, seventh best player on the team. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like the the true reality that showed itself was Jordan Poole. I think the reality with Jordan Poole is you're never gonna be able to get the production out of him. That his talent should equate to. And what I mean by that is. The dude's a point guard. Right. And the best player on the team Steph Curry. And they believe in having Clay next to Steph. 
So that's a lot of minutes. And it's hard for him to get yeah. into his rhythm. He's a rhythm player. He's a high-volume shooter. Once he gets into a rhythm, he scores a lot. Um, I don't want people to have short-term memory here. Whenever Clay was not on the floor and was hurt, that man was averaging 20-22 a game. Right, whenever Curry was off the floor, he would average twenty-five to twenty-six a game. Right, like he's a volume shooter. The more he sees the ball go up in the air, the better he gets. Some players are like that, and that's what he is. Right, and that's not the kind of player that fits in a smaller volume role very well. And but that's the role he's forced to be into. So I think Gold State needs to trade him. Um, if they want to win next year, if they care more about next year than they do about winning, uh, being relevant for years to come, um, which I think they do. I think, I don't think this is over. I don't think this is the end of the road for the Warriors, but I do think with retooling and a new vision of how to use their bench players, I think they can achieve still, um, but I think it's going to have to be a lot of moves, a lot of self-reflection from the coaching staff, from the GM front office down because the system cannot solve every issue and i feel like they've leaned in too much into the system and uh mm -hmm. so yeah that's what i think about that lakers golden state warrior series we think chris i would have to disagree oh really yes i disagree because there hasn't been too much of a personnel change mm -hmm. right this is the same team that won the championship just last year I'm leaning more toward the fact that the team could have every opportunity to go back-to-back -back this year, right? I feel like what happened during the offseason, Jordan Poole going to the Shadow Rim off of a Draymond Green Superman punch, I think that that just changed the trajectory of the team. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. But I feel that just that moment itself and how it was blown up mm -hmm. and put such a lens on the team, mm -hmm. I just don't – I feel like that might have had a something to do with the way that Jordan Poole played because Jordan Poole played phenomenal last year. Okay. Clay was out some of the year, you know what I mean? And then Jordan Poole stepped up. We can't have short-term memory about that. And then even they played together in the playoffs, you know what I mean, and Curry and the exact same team played together last year won a championship and this year there was a lot of different things going on that i mean maybe just some of the minds weren't completely on the same page mm -hmm. on that team that led to them losing i mean this considering the fact that a jordan Poole got punched out during the offseason b andrew wiggins took time off from the game you know what i mean and then it was expected to come back and play playoff games like nothing happened mm. i mean it's just I think that there might have been a mentality problem. I mean, like maybe a, a mental, a, a mentality problem with the team more so than a personnel, more so than a coaching problem. Mm -hmm. More because it's this exact same team, like no change. The exact same team that won a championship last year. I would actually. You know what I mean? And, go ahead. Go ahead. I would actually disagree with you. That's the exact same team. I think that. Clay Thompson's a worse defender than he was last year. Steph Curry is a worse defender than he was last year. Draymond Green was a worse defender than he was last year. Um, so I think when everything accumulates like that, they have a real issue with quick guards getting to the rim. You know, Kevin Looney at the rim being so 6'10", not really athletic. Um, it's such a gaping weakness that I think 
that their defense really went downhill this year. So I would disagree with you. This is the same team. I think I think they have real issues. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with the issues there. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, like personnel wise. Oh, the same okay. Team. Okay. Personnel wise, are the same team, the exact same team last year that won a championship, and they just. I think there's a lot of different. It's different components of what happened this mm-hmm. year that actually I think that in my opinion needs to be studied because um for a team like the Golden State Warriors who were like you know what I mean considered you know like okay we won a championship we could do it again and then they had so many traumatic events happen throughout the season and then we're then we're just eliminated by a team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just kind of I just think that that just need to be looked at because i i don't i don't want to say the dynasty is over i don't want to say that it's done but i think that some of the choices that were made during the season and during the playoffs basketball and non-basketball wise were questionable and i point to the times when i don't i like i don't know where when curry just disappeared you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like the times he was great and then there was times where he was just like gone mm-hmm. i don't know maybe it's age catching up who knows um because these guys have been together for a long time True. i mean they all came in around the same time except for curry i think he came in first and clay came in a couple years later mm-hmm. um and with draymond as well but i just i don't know maybe it's age catching up maybe maybe it is the, tra- the trauma of the events that happened during the season or maybe it's just this is their decline you when you've been great for so long i think that they're finally having their decline as a team yeah yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like the decline is coming a little bit, and uh, they're going to have to really take a long look and try to figure out what they're going to be next year. So, uh, you ready to transition to the Nuggets versus Suns? Yeah, let's run into it. Yeah, man. I mean, it's sad that Chris Paul got hurt, and that series had to end so much more quickly than it would have. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker had really good scoring series. Uh, Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic did a great job controlling pace and having world-class series himself. He's definitely an MVP-level player, and he's showing it. And, uh, yeah, I feel like the Denver Nuggets earned that win. And uh, it's just sad that CP3 was hurt. I Okay, so I'm going to say this, and this is something that my brother told me, and I had to really like step back and look at it. But CP3 has not been able to stay healthy in a playoffs ever <laughs> he's not able to stay healthy in the playoffs so it was kind of like it was i didn't know when it was coming but i felt it was coming mm-hmm. so i mean like with that being said somebody have a history of injury i feel like there could have been something that could have been done but then at the same time were you battling such a fantastic basketball mind high iq basketball player like a Jokic, yeah. you know what i mean who can really really truly you know carve you apart with his passing True. ability and the way he sees the floor as a big man i mean and not, not even that, with his, just his scoring ability as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was nothing much that after CP3 went down, you know what I mean? They basically lost that battle. Even though, like I said, and like you said, they did have their moments. But I think that KD and Book had like some great, phenomenal scoring games. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they both they they combined for like 70-something points, but Jokic had like 50. But they won that game, and he, he had like 53 by himself, and he was like, you know, you guys got to step up. And like the next game, then they, you know, took over. So... Um. Yeah, I, I'm. Congratulations to the Nuggets. I'm not quite surprised about the CP3 injury per se, mm-hmm. 
But um, I think that going forward, I think that they might be switching personnel. I, I've said this earlier, and I'll say it again. I think Aiton and CP3 are out of there. Okay. That'd be really interesting to see in the offseason. Um, so what do you think about that next matchup, Lakers versus Nuggets? What's your prediction? I'm taking the Nuggets. I mean, no, sorry. I'm taking the Lakers okay. in six. Okay. okay. I'm taking the Lakers in six. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lakers in six. Okay. And uh, any reasons why or just, just particular? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were going back okay. first. Um, so the reason why I'm taking Lakers in six is because I think that the, the like, I think you hit some good points when we were talking about the Lakers going to state. Mm-hmm. Um, matchup was that lebron is like even though he may not be scoring at the same level as he did he did have a big you know blowout game at the last i think he dropped 30 that game when they blew them out yeah blue blue, uh blue gold stayed out by like 20 something points um i think that the the real challenge here that they must overcome is because like you have you know the players like aaron gordon i mean you have to worry about jamal murray and you know like you know key role players but the biggest fight the biggest heel they have to get over is Jokic and I think that the chess match between LeBron and Jokic will be very interesting to it's see so much fun this watch but we do yeah we do know that when Jokic is put up against a big man that can defend he kind of shrinks a little bit mm. um we did see this during the bubble with Dwight Howard mm-hmm. um he got into his he got under his skin Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. And kind of like, even though he got Dwight Howard wasn't really, you know, he wasn't scoring. He was really in foul trouble majority of the time. But it's like just that he was really a nuisance mm-hmm. to Jokic. and couldn't quite get and couldn't and he couldn't get into his rhythm like he wanted to. So I feel like the way that Anthony Davis is playing right now, um, far as playing offensively and defensively, I feel like he could just he could nudge Jokic enough to get him off his game. Yeah. And I think that would be my game plan going forward is because like. That's where I think that will be their biggest hurdle mm-hmm. as a team would be getting Jokic. Because if he's on, he's on. It's like, yeah. then the rest of the team is on. He, he's like a LeBron-esque player to the point where like he makes those people around him because he has a high basketball IQ and great bas- and great passing ability. He makes those around him better. Yeah. So it's kind of it's going to be very interesting to see it you know this you know this is years later we've already seen this in the bubble mm-hmm. this is years later and we're going to see you know uh maybe a not so i mean uh later in his prime lebron i would say yeah um in the anthony davis that's really emerging mm-hmm. so i think this would be very interesting to see um and but i have the lakers in six yeah i completely agree with you and i feel like uh i agree with you lakers in six as well I agree, I also agree with you. the The biggest factor in this is Jokic goes decides everything offensively, and getting guarded by Anthony Davis basically all the time that he's going to be on the court is terrible for the matchup wise. Um, AD's a phenomenal defender, and he's a phenomenal pick and roll defender. And we all know how much they love the Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic pick and roll. And on top of that, Nikola Jokic is going to have a real foul trouble issue because Anthony Davis gets a lot of touches. He gets a lot mm-hmm. of chances to put the other opponents' uh, centers into foul trouble. LeBron James is going to attack the basket as well. That's foul trouble for Nikola Jokic. And think about all the high-volume pick-and-rolls that Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeders, 
the Lonnie Walkers, the D'Angelo Russells are going to go through, and the centers are going to be in that pick and roll. So uh, that's mm-hmm. another more of an advantage for for issue for Jokic getting in the foul trouble. So um, I definitely feel like those two things combined are the by far biggest issue that the Nuggets have to the hurdles that they have to get over the, win the series. And, you know, on top of that, they have, you know, Jamal Murray has to guard either Austin Reeves or D'Lo. You know, there's nobody that he could just chill on. Um, I definitely feel like Jordan Vader, Jared Vanderbilt's also going to be big in the series, rebounding, defending. He can defend anybody. He's a world-class defender. He's going to give Michael Porter Jr. a ton of issues. Uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's a good defender, but he's not a great defender, so he's not going to really scare LeBron James. KCP doesn't scare anybody, and Nicole Jokic doesn't scare anybody at the rim. So I feel like as a team, the Lakers love to attack the rim, and they dominate inside. It, it's going to be a really terrible matchup for Jokic. And yeah. I also I really I agree with you. I th- and think on top of that, LeBron James is gonna battle mentally with Jokic. And he's smarter and he's better passer, right? Like he's a better game manager. He's a better string puller than Jokic. So the normal advantage that the Nuggets would have with Jokic is not gonna exist with LeBron out there. So for all those reasons, I'm out on the Nuggets and the Lakers are going to the NBA Finals, baby. All right, let's Woo! let's go to the Boston Celtics Miami Heat. What are you thinking? Okay, so this is a really weird matchup for me. Okay, just in my head because I have to like go through it. I have to say like, okay, so who's the best player in the series? I, I hate to say it, but I would want to say Jason Tatum, right? I'm like, okay, it's close because he's yeah. he. I I would give him that. And I say, like, 1B will be, like, Jimmy Butler, yeah. right? Respectfully. So, respectfully. So, I think that when it comes down to it, this team is pretty evenly matched, right? And I'll say it because of this. They they all have decent role players. Jimmy really leads that team forward. Um, you know, they all can defend really well. They all score really well at a higher clip. Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, you know, the, Bam... Bam matching up with Time Lord with Robert Williams III, I think that's good. <laughs> I don't I don't see too much of a problem with that. But what I do see a problem with is the Celtics being too deep for the Heat. Mm-hmm. I think that the Celtics can really dig deep into like a into their bag and pull out players, and then the Heat won't have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, not even saying that they have to dig deep for this person, but Jalen Brown. I mean, like you got to think who's going to guard exactly Brown because if if you're putting Jimmy on, if you're putting Jimmy on Jason Tatum without a, without a doubt. Yeah. But who's going to guard Jalen Brown? Exactly, Max Strus. <laughs> Max Strus, and then you're going, and then you. And then, that's what I'm saying. Like the Celtics can dig so deep yeah. into like their into their roster that it just be, it will become too much for the Heat. Yeah. Now, what I will say is the inexperience of a coach like. Missoula, I feel that Eric Spolstra wins the coaching battle. Oh, yeah. And I feel that depending on the... on what they can do, on the... the um, what are they called? What are they called? Um, the adjustments they can make, I could lean heat as well. Because... But the Celtics just look really enticing you know because it's just like they can go like if they could take mark if they do this one simple thing right marcus Smart is a phenomenal defender right 
great defender. He he play makes pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. But they can switch him and start. Um, what's the guy from Indiana? Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. I think that team looks way better, and I can lean more toward the Celtics with that than him coming off the bench. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to say it's going to go seven. Okay. And I'm going to lean Celtics. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go Celtics in five. Um, I think that because the Celtics and the Miami Heat are similar built teams. They got yeah. wing scoring. Boston Celtics have better wing scoring. They got built around defense. The Boston Celtics defend better. And it's about three-point shooting, right? Boston mm-hmm. Celtics shoot threes better, right? And they do. The Boston Celtics have seven players that can guard Jimmy Butler, Al Horford, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know what that means? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can chill defensively whenever they the fuck they want to. Okay. Yeah. They could chill, yeah. and Jimmy Butler, you're right. He can only guard one of them, and the issue is Bam Adebayo is such a phenomenal defender, but he's not going to be able to make much of a difference because he's going to be chilling under the rim with Robert Williams or chilling on the three-point line with Al Horford. They can pull yeah. him away from the action, you know what I mean, and put those two reasons together. I feel like even though you're right, Dude, Spolstra is going to coach circles around this guy. The talent is too much and for the Boston Celtics. So I'm going to go Boston in five. I can see where you're coming from. But, you know, we both have Boston versus Lakers. Um, so quick predictions. What would we think? Who who do we think would win that? Lakers in seven. I'd go Boston in six. I'm going Lakers in seven because it's a storied, you know, storied rivalry. Lakers, Celtics. This would be so cool to see, like especially in our oh, lifetime. Yeah. Cause I never, I, you know what I mean. Like every time it happens, it's like must see. Like when the Kobe Lakers went against the um, Kevin Garnett uh, Celtics. I mean that was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this would be fun to watch. Um, I'm going Lakers in seven. I'm going Lakers in seven. I'm going Lakers. Okay. In seven. Yeah, I would go Boston Celtics in six because the Lakers do well with teams. They either have great centers or love to attack the rim. And with the Boston Celtics' ability to shoot from the three-point line and shot create from the perimeter, they can really negate AD's overall ability at attack impact a game um, because of what their skill sets yeah. lie. So mm-hmm. I would go Boston six. And but hey, man, Lakers versus Boston in the NBA Finals. Oh, we're talking about great TV. Okay, let's get it going. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, listen, wait. And the reason why the Lakers won in seven is because of this. Ever since the one time that the Lakers, I mean, that the Celtics embarrassed LeBron, he has not lost to the Celtics. <laughs> true, true. Remember that. <laughs> it would be great. That one time with the Heat, and they lost, and they was like, LeBron's not the greatest player of all time. He, he's not this. He's not that. Mm-hmm. Win. And he came back, and against the Celtics, and he had that look on his face. Mm-hmm. Bad man. That man. Yeah. And <laughs> he has not lost to the Celtics since. Yeah. 
So I'm putting that out there. Okay. Be great TV. More class TV. I'm serious. He's he's lost a game, but he's never lost a series <laughs> of the Celtics. Since. That's what I'll That's that. true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. We covered so much today. Today's podcast, man. Um, you guys, basketball fans out there, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, it's definitely so helpful. I'm sure everybody else is enjoying basketball. Everybody's got something to talk about. Thanks to John Morant. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. So what do you have anything else to say, Chris? Nope. Just thank you so much for listening guys, for constantly tuning in, yeah. for keeping it, you know, for staying updated with us. You know what I mean? As we deliver you some of the best basketball content that we think is possible to deliver mm-hmm. to you. If you, there's some better, then please show us because I don't believe there is. Um, <laughs> say it with your chest. <laughs> <laughs> no shade though um but yeah just thank you for coming on this ride with us yeah. and chris Mahomes. i'm jason collins and we are the basketball addicts peace ouch hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.